when they saw something they didn't like or something happened and they called in a panic emergency and you pick up the phone and you show up within minutes, they remember that their entire life. But if you clean their pool great for 10 years and raise their bill by $5, they drop you. You're listening to Stories from the Top, an inside guide to better business development. We're here with Jeremy Hasbrook of the Hasbrook Pool Empire. Um, to start out, can you just tell us and whoever's listening all the different businesses you manage and own and what they do? Well, thanks. Uh, thanks, guys, for having me on. Um, I guess uh, the Hasbrook Group is compiled of the Hasbrook Education Center, which is uh, a free education center for veterans and people on active drug and alcohol recovery. Um, and then we have the haspools.com, which is an international uh, parts department where we sell parts all over the world. Uh, it has uh, retail store locations. And then we have uh, Hasbrook Pool and Spa, which provides uh, services and um, uh, equipment installations uh, for swimming pools in the Villanova, Gladwin, King of Prussia, Montgomery County area. And we have the Hasbro Custom Pools, where we uh, build, design, um, one-of-a-kind custom swimming pools. Uh, and then we have Hasbro Property Management, where we uh, open up and help manage uh, recovery centers, recovery houses for veterans. Awesome. So there's a ton going on. So just to go back to the beginning, what did you originally go to, go to school for, and what was your plans for a career? That is a loaded question, guys. Uh, so what did I go to school for? I I always wanted to be a chef. So uh, I I wanted to be a chef. I wanted to cook. So I worked in restaurants for a long time. And um, I wound up going to school for uh, carpentry and mechanics. My dad wouldn't sign the tech. This is an issue I have in the industry uh, with parents and things like that. I go to schools and I talk to parents and kids about tech schools. But my, my, they didn't want, they wanted me to go to college. So I guess now 30 years ago, you had to go to college. You got to go to college. And I wanted to go to tech school to be a mechanic. My dad was a mechanic. Uh, my uncle had a plumbing company. Uh, and uh, eventually I wound up not going to tech school, not going to any school, and I became a plumber. <laughs> so all of that fell apart, and I became a plumber. Um, and uh, I worked for various plumbing companies, eventually became a master plumber by trade. Um, I found that I had a knack for uh, working with small businesses. I'd go in, and I just I don't know how this happened to me, but I, uh, I realized that when I started working for a company, the company would start to grow pretty quickly. Um, and I, and I caught on to that. I noticed that something that I'm bringing to the table elevated everybody around me. Um, it was clear. It was clear to the company. It was clear to me. People started paying me for that. Um, I started working for a small business in Mount Airy, just outside of Philadelphia. And they, they wound up paying me to run a chain of businesses that they owned restaurants and gyms and all these other businesses, property management, so that's where I kind of started realizing I love to work for big groups that had a lot of companies. And I took those companies to elevations that they never dreamed. So at some point, I got hired by a swimming pool company to do that exact thing. And I took that company, um, it was 25, 25 years ago now, and I took that company, it had been around for generations, uh, and I elevated that company to the top of their industry within three years of being, being there. Um, and at that point I realized, I think I'm done doing this for other people and I'm going to start my own business. Now, managing a company that already exists, that's already established with generations of leads and experience is much different than building your own company from scratch. So instead of three years, it took me 10 years to get my first company really successful um you know going door to door with my kids hanging flyers like grassroots uh grassroots when i, I mean to the to the 
you know, handwriting notes like, hey, I saw you had a pool and then, you know, making flyers and then. Um, Which one of your businesses was your first one? That was the Hasbrook Pool and Spa. That was the service company where we just would go around and clean pools. We started that company out of a minivan uh, with our kids, my wife, and we would just clean pools. And they were eight years old. You know, so you, you had a ton of different interests, too, and you had a talent for business development. What made you pick, I'm going to do pools? So my as a plumber, uh, everything I learned, so I went to school for carpentry, plumbing, I became a master plumber, and swimming pools just kind of brought, it brought all those talents together. We'd, I, don't, I never realized that everything I was learning and everything I was doing in life could um, combine into one field. Um, I thought that if you wanted to be a carpenter, you were going to, that's what you were going to do your whole life. If you were going to be a plumber, you were going to be snaking toilets your whole life. I thought that, and it's just not the case, you know, now and where I'm at today, I get to teach. I'm a teacher. I teach that. Um, but it, it, for me, it's just not enough. You know, I can't just teach, you know, we do, I, you know, we have this whole, well, we can get into all the other stuff that we do, but, um, it's just, it's just not enough for me. So you're saying you found that all the attributes that you learned over the years, they all kind of came together in this pool business. Absolutely. The carpentry, the plumbing. Yeah. So in, in the pool industry, and this is something I talk to kids about, you can, any skill that you have, you can actually find a place to put it in the pool industry. You know, masonry, carpentry, um, artistic abilities, landscape design, architecture. Uh, you can do all that right in the pool industry. So I kind of, when I found the pool industry, and I, I found at this point that everyone kind of has the same story when it comes to getting to the pool industry. Once you get here, you can't leave because there's no ceiling. You know, everyone talks about the ceiling in their industry. All oh, you know, like the next level up is I, I have to be, the, the owner's going to have to die for me to get a better job, better position at this company. You hit a ceiling at most companies, most industries. In the pool industry, I mean, if you could, there's no ceiling. Every person I talk to has a potential to bust through any, 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 any plateau that they thought they were going to have, they can bust through that pretty simply. Um, I mean, you can be an inventor. I mean, if we invent tools, I, I know a guy that all he does is invent tools for the pool industry. You know, it's, it's, very unique. And so let me take you back. So you started off, you're in the van, you're going door to door, getting pool jobs. How did you take it from there to the next level? I got another truck. <laughs> you know, I got, I got out of the minivan. And I got another truck. Um, did you have like a game plan? Like, okay, this is how I'm going to grow the business. Or was it just, okay, this is what I have to do now to keep growing. Was it kind of as you went? Or? I, I, I got lucky along the way every step of the way. I had no idea what I was doing. I'd never started a company from scratch. I, I had other businesses that failed. I had started many companies, a pressure washing company, you know, a flooring company. I started all these little companies that just came and went in my life. Um, but I, I, I grew up, right? And I realized that nothing is easy. You have to, uh, it's one step at a time, one day at a time, um, and never give up. You know, uh, those other companies failed because I gave up on them, not because they gave up on me. They, they had nothing to do with it. They, they were there. People are still doing that. People are successful business pressure washing. Why did it fail for me? Because I gave up. Now I have a company that I pressure wash. <laughs> you know, we still do that, but I have a, a big company that does all those things uh, in one place. And what were some of the hardest things about starting this pool business out of the gate? For you specifically. So for me specifically is, um, and, and, I, and I work today, I, I work on helping. So I'm going to say this problem, and then I'm going to tell you that I've corrected these things in the industry. Uh, one of the hardest things is there's nobody out there helping you. You know, nobody wants you to succeed. There's no other business owner that goes, oh, you have a, you, you want to start a pool company? Well, I have a pool company. Let me, let me show you how to do it. This doesn't happen. That didn't happen for me. They were like, in fact, if I find out anybody's working with you, I'm going to make sure that they don't work ever again. Like that's, that's what happened to me. Um, so the, the biggest hurdles were uh, getting people to work for me, work with me. Um, and, and in order to grow, you need assistance. You can't just do everything yourself, right? You need subcontractors, you need vendors. 
and uh, some of the biggest hurdles, and I think this happens in a lot of industries, is the other companies do not want you to succeed because it takes away from their bottom line, right? Like that's that's the name of the game. Like cut your competition, get them to close their doors, buy them out. Um, and and for years, probably almost a decade, I fought that battle um, until I found uh, I found solutions to that. You know, I found solutions. I, I, I made my own help. So I helped other businesses start. So the same way I started my company, the thing I was really good at, I realized I could do for people that could help me. So I would encourage people to start their own company, encourage people to start pool companies, assist them along the way to grow their business. And now they're feeding the beast that I've created with work, with employees, with, uh, with they buy from me. You were know, these guys who are like working for you or who no, are these people? These are just other people in the industry, people that were, that I saw something in like, Hey, they want more. They want to have their own business. And, uh, I would encourage that fund it, encourage it, um, give them all the support they could possibly need. And now I don't think there's anybody else they would do more for, you know, um, when I need help, they, they drop of the hat and that, that goes for dozens of companies at this point that I've, that I've helped uh, start. And you weren't scared that that was going to hurt your business? No. You have to be happy for people. You have to be genuinely happy for people's success. And, uh, you know, if you are, uh, it shows. You know, the give back. The doing things for just the good of people. Um, and that's really how it started. I, I realized after um, that these benefits were helping me. I didn't realize when I was helping these people start companies that it was actually going to benefit me. So that maybe that was a little misleading when I said it at first, but, um, I realized afterwards that the benefits I was getting from that, you know, some like I started the, you now we can talk about that later. You'll probably ask me the questions, but that that's helping people start companies and develop their, their own goals and their own successes in life has been a big part of my success. So when you were starting and no one was helping you, what, what did you do to grow and learn everything you needed to? I scraped and crawled every bit of the way. I made mistakes. You know, I used to, I make jokes all the time. I'm like, you know, you know, you know, the old saying, you learn from your mistakes. I must be the smartest person in the room. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but what I also do is I also learn from your mistakes, you know? Uh, so I talk, I speak to people, I get people's encouragement, um, but I think that the, the biggest, the biggest thing is just not quitting. You know, um, I didn't take a paycheck for seven years out of my company. I didn't take $1 out of my company for seven years. I went broke. I went dead broke, <clears throat> but I knew what I needed to do to make this successful. What were some of those mistakes that you really learned from? Taxes. Probably the biggest mistake I ever made trying to do my own taxes. Trying to, you know, having one person handle my taxes was... Why? What happened? Uh, I didn't pay my taxes for seven years. <laughs> Seriously? Seriously. Uh, the IRS was coming at me for like $1.5 million at one point. Whoa. And I hadn't filed any taxes, any personal taxes. I hadn't done anything. And um, but I found a really great firm that fixed everything, made everything go away. I paid some fines. And uh, now I have like three CPAs and a whole entire team that works on all my businesses. And uh, that was probably the best thing I ever did because those are those, those things. I mean, at one point I was hiding trucks, you know, I'm like, I have addresses I don't live at. I got trucks at houses because I'm thinking the IRS is coming after me, you know, like I, it's a thing, right? Um, but I really had nothing to be afraid of. I wasn't doing anything wrong. I wasn't even paying myself. So at the end of the day, they were it was like, all pass through income. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't have any income. I was building company. I actually, at the end of it, I have credit. Like I, I don't know. I didn't know them. I had fines from not paying, but I didn't owe anything. So it was just a reporting issue. Like yeah. had it been reported properly, yep. it wouldn't have been a problem. It wouldn't have been anything, but I was trying to do it myself and I didn't know what I was doing. You know, so having I, what I learned from that was let the experts do what they do best. And that's really why, how I met you guys. Right. You know, like I, I'm done trying to figure out my own websites and that's how I met you guys. And you've done a great job building, you know, our brand and helping with that. And we're going to have a relationship forever. Right. And when I need something, you're on it. 
Um, and I, I use that same technique with pretty much everybody around me. You know, I help you, you help me. And then when I need you, you're there. Hey, this crashed and you're on it. I have that same relationship with pretty much everybody I meet. When, you know, when you're genuine and you just want to help and you want to be there and you want to support, uh, people reciprocate that, right? And uh, that's probably been one of the biggest things I've learned in life uh, is just to be honest with people. And when you need help, ask for it. Don't try to hide the fact that you're doing something wrong because it's not impressive to do something wrong. It's not impressive to do everything on your own. It just isn't. Um, it, it's what impresses is, is for me is not quitting and uh, encouraging other people to do great around me. You know, my successes are your successes. I, I could sit here all day long and do nothing. And if you succeed, I'm a champion that day. Good. So back to when you were starting the business, what were the first steps you were taking to build your list of clients and kind of outline your services in that initial forming of the company? All right, say that again. So like, what was the first steps you took when you started? I'm going to start my own company. I'm good at building a business. Obviously, taxes wasn't a strong point at the beginning, but what were you doing that started productively building the business where you going door to door so what okay okay i get you so i was going door to door um i was just telling people i do this i guess so you know i i live by it all the fake it fake it till you make it you know it's like i always say say you do it and then you do it right like i'm going i do this and then you do it right um i go to church you're going to go to church, right? Like there's, once you say it, you do it. Like Dina, Dina says it to me all the time. She says, you watch what you say because it happens. Yeah, I manifest my own destiny. I, when I meet people, I tell people, I do this. I have pools. I service. I'm great at service. And I am. Next thing you know, I am. And then they're my customer. And then they tell their customer, I have a great pool guy. And it was just one after another, no advertising other than some door to door. I mean, it all started with one customer, right? This empire started with one customer. And um, it's been, I mean, it's been a roller coaster ride. Um, but in general, I think over the, the, the 15 years that we've had this one company, um, just a handful of people that have walked away from our business and, and, uh, Nothing to do with customer service. Uh, I think that just certain goals didn't meet meet up. But um, I would have to say we have like a ninety five percent retrition rate. You know, we're we're strong, um, and and not giving up and being hands on with customers. When someone, my biggest thing when when even back then, when someone would call, they'd be like, "Oh, thank you for answering the phone." I'm like, "Really? Like that's the thank you? Like that's my job? You're thanking me for answering the phone when you call me?" I was like, I didn't realize that, that was a thing. I didn't realize that answering the phone was like, that was the break. That was the line. All I have to do is answer my phone. You're going to give me money to take care of your stuff. Is that where the, we're bringing customer service back to the pool industry? That's right. came from? That's exactly right. We're bringing customer. And I put that on everything because I realized that I would talk to people and they would talk about how bad the pool industry was and how poor the customer service is and how, you know, you see on the news, I'm sure everyone's seen on the news where there'd be like somebody that rips people off and steals all their money, right? But that's all people know. That's all they hear. They hear one snippet of the industry and they're like, that's everybody. You know, I'm not giving him my money up front. What does he think? I know people, they rip people off. I'm going to wait till he's done to pay them. Like that was one, that was one thing. Like that's like burning down like a car manufacturer because they had a couple of cars catch on fire. Like that's just one thing, you know, it's a one person in the industry is not, it doesn't represent us. Um, so working with customers and we've, at this point, we've, um, we've won best customer service, you know, for a decade, you know, every year, um, I was winning best pool store and we didn't even have a location yet. You know, people just the way we operated, I was doing, um, online, uh, ordering and home delivery before Amazon, like before that was a thing, we were delivering chemicals to people's houses and, and they were, they were like, Oh, you have a great pool store. And when they get like a form like best of form, they would put my name down. I'm like, I don't even have a store, you know, but they think we did, but we're just doing home delivery. So um, that kind of level of customer service is something I've always brought to other companies. I mean, at the end of the day, people just want to, if they have a problem, 
People usually don't leave reviews when they have a great experience, okay? It's, it's the problems when people are, they need help. And that's when the true company comes out. When there's an issue, how did you handle it? When they saw something they didn't like or something happened and they called in a panic emergency and you pick up the phone and you show up within minutes, they remember that their entire life. But if you clean their pool, great for 10 years, and raise their bill by $5, they drop you. They don't remember any of the good stuff. But if you take care of them when it's bad, like on a Saturday night when you're hanging out at the Eagles game and they make a phone call and you leave the Eagles game to satisfy that customer, you're building a brand. That builds a brand right there. Did that actually happen? Sure did. So um, how, how do you um, build that philosophy into your business and teach that to the people who work for you, um, that philosophy of handling the, the problems and the complaints? I think the biggest thing that I teach is don't, don't tell me, show me. You know, I'm a hands-on owner. Um, before you, everyone here knows that I'm not asking you to do anything that I'm not willing to just say and go do. Like, so um, if a customer calls... They, they know at this point, everyone knows that exactly how to handle most situations or come to me. Um, but lead by example, 100%. You can't tell people how to behave. It's not how it works. Nobody responds to being told how to behave. But if owners show up on time, owners aren't smoking cigarettes, owners aren't sitting at the bar, owners aren't, you know, ignoring customers, then everyone else will follow. They want, you know, they want what you have. They're there working for you for a reason. They're not there just to waste their time. People want more out of life than just a paycheck. I found that. That's not, most people's drive is not just to make money. They want success out of life. They want to feel good when they go home. Um, money comes. Money comes and goes. Um, but people want success. They want to feel accomplished. They want to feel like they're helping and do, making a change. Maybe not my generation so much. Uh, but newer generations, new people, you know, my, most of my staff are younger than me and, uh, they want more out of life. And when I show them that there's more out of life, they're going to get more out of life because they're going to follow my lead. So it sounds like you really try to, to bake into your business and, and for the people who work for you, that idea that the, this is more than just a job. Um, so in what ways do you infuse that into your company culture? Okay. Um, so that's, that's a, that's a great question. So, uh, some of the things that we do here, um, everyone's encouraged. And when I say encouraged, that, that, that those aren't suggestions, uh, but to volunteer their time. So everyone here, uh, we do community barbecues. We do, um, clothing drives. we uh, feed the, um, uh, facility impaired, you know, people that are, are not, uh, living in a building, you know, uh, so we go out and we help clothe people. We deliver food, uh, sanitation supplies. So the give back, I think is really how you encourage that kind of environment being selfless. Like what, what can we do today to help someone that does not benefit us at all? You know, like that's a big thing for me. Um, you know, I, sometimes I, when, when someone's really lacking in those kind of skills, because it's, once someone gets the taste for um, donating, giving back, it's really hard to stop, right? Because it's, it's so good uh, to be able to help somebody else. Um, but when I see someone that doesn't really have that in them yet, I give them little tasks, you know, and it, some of it may be, hey, um, I, I, when you're out today, I want you to do something for someone. It could be as simple as holding the door for them, but I don't want you to tell anybody about it. You're not allowed to tell anybody that you did this good deed, regardless how big or small, and it doesn't have to be monetary. Most good deeds aren't monetary. You know, our time is the most valuable thing we have. It's the most precious thing on earth is our time. We're not given any more of it and you can't buy it. So giving someone your time is the most uh, precious thing you can offer them. Spending time sitting with someone and just listening to them. Um, but you're not allowed to tell anyone about it. The, the, Emotion that that generates in someone uh, is really unmatched. So if I can get someone to start doing small things like that, it really can escalate to the bigger things like, you know, walking into a, you know, a homeless camp 
and uh, giving out food, blankets, helping someone fix a bike, you know, change a tire on a bike, you know, take some tools down there and see if anybody needs any help. Uh, those are things we encourage and those are things we're doing. You know, everyone at my staff has a story. So what would you say to a person who maybe they're running their business and they're like, yeah, that's great. You help people, but I'm just trying to make money. I don't really have time for that. Is it important to a business? Is it important to all businesses to incorporate more than just the business aspect of it? Absolutely. Um, and why is that? I, I don't, I, you can't just sustain a healthy corporation on just money. You're going to, you're going to, your turnover. I don't have any turnover. I have zero turnover, zero. Um, you know, people ask me, I, we have this, we have this career center where we help people find jobs. Some other companies ask me, um, well, that's great for you because then you have an unlimited supply of employees. I'm like, I don't, I don't need employees. The reason I have this education center to help people find jobs is because I have enough people to run that. Nobody leaves here. Um, so yeah, is, is this essential to uh, a healthy company? Yeah. And when you say healthy, it's like, you know, it's speaking of the body, you know, um, you know, you need adequate rest, you need nourishment, you need all these things to be, you know, healthy. Um, for a company to be healthy, I, f I feel, and in all of my management strategies and how I grow companies, this is crucial to the success um, of, of employee retention. You know, um, everyone knows, anyone that owns a business knows that it's more expensive to hire someone new than it is to keep someone. And uh, it's, this is one of the things that has been a huge success in my career is uh, uh, walking someone down the road of giving and, and showing them that that path. Um, like I, I, my, my employees, everyone here, my employees, my, my, my friends, um, I don't even call them my employees, you know, my, my, my coworkers, um, they are all on a different path. You know, money helps. Don't get me wrong. Everyone needs money to live. That, that, that is part of that circulatory system. <laughs> you know, it has to happen. We need donations. We need every, all the other companies need to run, but that only gets you so far in the long term uh, of everything. Um, and maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm just talking out of my ass, you know, I don't know. Um, but it works for me. It works for my people. Um, and, and I couldn't feel better uh, about the way I operate my, uh, as you call it, in my empire. Right. I guess that's what we're going for here. I yeah. don't know. So when you first started bringing on employees, when did you develop this style of training that was much more than just here's how you clean a pool or not? Here's how you install a filter. Like, when did it get to this level of, you know, it, it wasn't always like that. I, I made mistakes, right. You know, like I, I make, make mistakes. I'm the smartest person in the room. Right. Uh, I ran through people like employees would come and go. There was nothing here. This wasn't a, this wasn't a home for anyone for many years. Um, I, I definitely, uh, yeah. What did you see that made you realize you needed to make a change? I was homeless. I guess we'll go there. I went homeless. I had this empire. I'm building this company and I didn't take a paycheck and I wasn't paying my taxes and I eventually was homeless. I had this great company making a lot of money and uh, I just didn't know what I was doing. And uh, I just learned through um, through many, many steps of my life. Um, you know, I, I guess we'll just go there, you know, through a 12-step program um, that there's more to, um, there's more to me than just uh, working and making money. Um, sex, drugs, and rock and roll is, uh, is, you know, that's great and all it's fun, but, uh, yeah, you can't do what I'm doing with that kind of life. Um, and when I started giving back and helping people, um, it just, it changed everything about my life. My company started soaring. My friendships started getting better. And, 
you know, I realized why that was happening. It was because I was helping other people. And uh, through that, I've taken that, you know, not only do I help other people that are unsuccessful, but now I help other people that are successful, you know, so I help uh, co establish companies again. I help them grow their business. You know, currently, you know, we're, we take companies that are seven figures and, you know, take them to eight, you know, we, these are things that I do. Um, uh, cause now I'm these, all these things that I've started are kind of going on, they're running themselves again. So now I'm on to the next road of my life. I guess I'm starting more companies. Um, and we're buying companies every day. Um, we've been, I think we bought three companies last year. We have two more on the horizon for this year. So we're just expanding and growing our businesses. And um, we have sober houses that we're, we're, we're funding and um, getting ready to open up a, another giant facility, hopefully um, with the right funding and the right management team, we, we can open up another, another center. These are all hopes and dreams. But when I say it, when I say it out loud publicly, they happen. So that's going to happen. I'm 100% confident that that uh, facility that I'm talking about is going to happen. Um, and uh, we have a great support staff and, and everybody's on board with kind of whatever I want to do, right? Like, I'm like, hey, I think I want to do this. And everyone's like, well, yeah, whatever you want to do, we're in. Let's do it. And uh, everyone just runs with it. So I'm not sure if I answered your question or I just rambled. Yeah, um, to redirect a little bit. So when you decided... <clears throat> the transformation you went through, like, oh, giving back is giving me a greater purpose. And it's also giving me all these great benefits kind of as a pass through development. How did you develop that into something you train other people? Like, did you have teaching or training experience? Like, how did you become, because I know you, you do a lot of teaching and stuff now. How did you begin your teaching to new employees? It sounds like was the beginning of that. I have no idea. It just happened. I said I wanted to be a teacher, and all of a sudden I'm teaching people. You know, I was at the tech school last night in, in the Hamptons. I have no idea how that happened. I told people I wanted to be a teacher, and they were like, okay, yeah, you're a teacher now. I'm like, what? You know what I mean? Like, next thing you know, I've got a, a school. I have my own school, you know? If we're going to drop a big matzo ball on the table, I never even graduated high school. Didn't even graduate high school. So, good luck, kids. <laughs> you know, like... Like, uh, you know, I, I went right to work. I Right in 12th grade, I, I was making great money. I went right to work. I have no idea how I became, I, I guess we're going to, I'm the expert uh, in the pool industry. You know, I travel the country and I teach and I, uh, it's, it's crazy the things I get to do, but it's because I said it out loud and uh, I educate myself constantly. You know, I'm constantly learning. I'm constantly educating and I'm, and, and none of the stuff uh, that I teach is like original. I'm not like Picasso or, or, you know, Ernest Hemingway. I'm not like writing original stuff. I learn, I learn it and I pass it on, you know, I learn from better people than me. I learn how to, how to do things. And then, you know, I, because I have such a successful business, um, I have an opportunity to make a lot of mistakes. Right. And that's how we learn. So uh, I teach that, you know, um, I share examples i share wisdom i share uh what i did wrong and how i fixed those problems and that's how i feel every, a lot of people learn um but i think one of the biggest things i do when i teach um you know like we do question and answers you know like save your questions to the end well how do you know what i need to know why, why don't we just go my give me my questions at the beginning and you can teach me exactly what i need to know so that's how i teach my classes so the first thing I did was I asked, I went around the room and asked everybody what they wanted to do, where they wanted to be and why they were in my class. And then I taught around that entire class and it couldn't have been a better, you know, it was amazing. You know, the, the, I, I wish I was in that class. I probably would have learned a lot from that guy, whoever that guy was. Um, cause I, it was just, uh, it was really cool, but I have no idea how I got there really uh but it's the give back right like there we go again you know i volunteer a lot of my time at the association and i uh, i work with other instructors and um, i have a lot of certifications so that's a big thing you know i go to school i learn i have a ton of certs um and my certs are so much that i i can teach now right you know um i'm probably not teaching like physics but i can teach physics around my industry you know, I know all the physics around my industry, but I'm not sending rockets to space. 
You know, I didn't need to learn that in high school, right? Um, and I let people know that, like, you know, just because you may not feel successful today, that doesn't mean how, how you're going to feel tomorrow, you know, and let's work on that. You know, what do you want to do? Where do you want to be? Um, and what knowledge can I give you to help you on that, that journey? Um, it comes off kind of in everything I do, right? Um, I do a lot of lectures and I, I stand in front of a lot of people and I speak to, I mean, uh, I speak to a lot of people all the time, right? So how did, how did you get into doing those conference speaking events? I don't know. One day I was like, I want to do that. It's a weird thing. But like, right? did you just start getting invitations or? No, I have no idea. I just put myself out there and I was like, Hey, I think I can do this. And I said it to the right person one day. And next thing you know, I'm doing it. And now I'm the president of the pool and spa association. Right. So, uh, how did I get there? I have no idea. You know, I was digging ditches 20 years ago. I mean, it sounds like you're involved in a, in a ton of different things. And one he, one thing I'm hearing from your story is that there's opportunity there. It doesn't matter if you've messed up in the past, if you keep pushing forward and you keep taking advantage of every opportunity you get, then you can grow and go to places that you never even dreamed of in the beginning. Seems Absolutely. Be. Absolutely. You know, I think the biggest thing is, and I said this at the very beginning, don't quit. Don't give up, all right? And just because things fail does not mean you failed. You know, that, that, that idea may not have worked out for you, but don't give up. You know, if you want to have your own business or um, you just don't see yourself where you are today, like you feel like you have something more to offer, then you do, right? Do you have, if you have a gift, you don't waste it, right? We just need to find out what that gift is. And we have to encourage that. And we have to do it for everyone and kids and things like that. You know, um, everyone has something to offer. Everyone. No one's excluded from that. Um, we just need to find out what that gift is so we can, we can help, uh, you know, help them get to the next level personally. So as your business started growing and there was more responsibilities within the business, how did you go about delegating that and kind of you know, taking pressure off of yourself but also giving bigger responsibilities to your employees. All right, so this is a this is a morbid thing, right? So, I I, I I wanted everyone to be able to have a career here if I die tomorrow. Okay, if I drop dead from a heart attack tomorrow, how does this empire continue to run? Who's taking the reins? Have I given up enough control? for this to continue on. I don't want the education center to close. I don't want all this, you know, all these programs I'm running nationwide. I don't want that stuff to fall apart. So I, I learned from those thoughts that I have to give up control. So currently I do not control anything. All right. So that's crazy. Right. So I have directors and I have board of directors and I have, um, I have a, I have, a, I have a loving wife and family that uh, my bo both my sons work here and they both run their own divisions. And uh, my wife is kind of overseeing all of that, which I used to do, which she's now doing it. And I think she's ready to kill me. So if I go missing in Costa Rica next week, just look for her. But uh, we're, we're now transitioning her to have that same opportunity where she's now, she's going to be, we're automating things. We're automating systems. More and more systems are being automated um, to relieve the pressure from her. But at least now there's two. And now there's actually three because my other son is taking over some of uh, the big group stuff. Um, so that's how I learned because I started thinking like, um, you know, one of my friends passed away and I was like, oh man, that could be me. And next thing you know, I went down the rabbit hole. I was like, Oh my God. I'm like, I, all these people work for me. We have all these things. We have all these people that depend on us. What happens if that's me? You know, I've never given it any thought, you know, and I know that's a big part of, you know, when you get into big strategic planning for larger companies, you know, we bring in, you can bring in management teams and they, that's one of the things they say, well, what's your exit strategy, right? What, what's your plan? Well, what do you mean? What's my plan? I don't have a plan. I'm going to work here till I die. Well, what if you die tomorrow? What are you going to do? Your whole family works here. Are they going to be on the street? Uh, is everything going to fall apart if you die tomorrow? 
So I know so I thought it was getting a little morbid, but it's a thing. It happens every day. It sucks. Um, so I've given up at this point. It's been a couple of years now, but I've given up almost all of that. Now I do still oversee. I still sit in the big boy chair during our board meetings, right? Um, I do approve a lot of things that happen around here, but the day-to-day operations are completely out of my hand. So if something happens to me tomorrow or if I need to like break off and go save somebody, whatever that means, you know, we're, I'm hoping to build some, a lot of people need a lot of help in this world, right? And, and uh, I feel like there's more for me. There's more for me to offer people. So that I'm going to be taking other steps in the next few years uh, to expand my um, humanitarian uh, efforts. So um, what if that happens tomorrow? My, my company is going to be just fine. And it's going to continue to grow the way I wanted it to grow. My vision. My fa- I'm lucky. I have a great family. Um, I, I mean, I can't believe my, my sons, we all... We all live together. We all still work together. It's crazy. We're, we're making changes on that on that effort too. But we work so much where everybody's always here. We kind of live in this facility, right? Um, we're working in trucks or we're living, we're working at the stores. Um, but that that's kind of my exit strategy, I guess. I think I answered that question right. Yeah, yeah. that's good. How do you like working with your family? It's a gift. It's a gift. Um, and it's, and it's, I'm not, the um, rule on the exception that it's not most people's experiences, um, but it's a blessing. Are there any boundaries that you had to put in place to make it work well together or no? has it just been working out? They're just, I mean, it literally is a gift. I don't know where it came from, but um, I feel, I think everybody's really happy here. And, and as we changed our core values of, as our company and we started expanding our our efforts to help the community and help people. Um, my family fell right into place. You know, my son said to me, I'll share this because this was actually the, 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 and you asked me what, what point in my life things changed. <clears throat> so this is actually the exact moment when I decided I was going to do more with what I had to offer. My son told me uh, he was going to college and he told me I was wasting my time. I was just a pool guy. That's what he said to me. Put a tear in my eye. He was right. He was absolutely right. I was crying. I was like, I can't believe you said that to me. All that I do here and all the things I've done and sacrificed. But he was right, right? And now he's not. Oh, he's now he's in school to get his master's, but he works here. He left that school, dropped everything because he saw what we were doing here. So from that one comment, and sometimes that's all it takes. You know, so if you think you have something to say to somebody, say it. Don't be afraid of their feelings. You know, if it's if it's coming from a, an honest, true place, a, a selfless comment, say it. Because somebody might need to hear it. It was like a dagger in my heart. I mean, a dagger. I was like, oh my God, a kid. Why would he say that to me? Changed my life forever. I started teaching right after that. I started, I donated my time. I became, I got, got on the board of the pool industry and I, and I really started, um, just donating my time, my efforts. Um, you know, one of the programs that we have now, which is, um, it's a, we're making it a national program. It's called No Pool Left Unopened. So if everybody knows their local communities, you hear about it all the time where local pools or the community pool doesn't get, doesn't get opened, right? Kensington, Philadelphia, all those pools that don't get opened. Well, we're encouraging other pool companies to adopt a pool and we will help them find funding through vendors with, with chemicals, they, would, they adopt the pool, they go out, they open it, they provide education, water chemistry, lifeguard education, CPR, all that stuff they can, that support they can find through our facilities and our, our team. Um, and then the stuff that I can offer is financial support. You know, I have my resources where if you're willing to take your time, I can find you money and products to support that, those efforts. Um, you know, it's a shame, you know, uh, Kids need to have something to do. You know, they really do. Um, there's a lot of efforts in the, in the country right now to, to keep kids swimming and swimming lessons. And um, it's, it's important. It's a goal that everybody should have. You know, having an empty hole in the ground at a community pool and then going, I don't know what my kid's going to do all summer is a shame. That's sad, right? Um, but that's the, that's the reality we live in. So 
Um, if anybody out there is a pool company and ever gets to hear this, if you do, if you take anything from this, I want you to find your local pool and see how you can help them. You know, because a lot of those pools they get funding. That funding is being cut every day. Um, you know, so that, that's that's that. So when did you decide to officially start the Hasbrook Education and Career Center as its own nonprofit entity? I realized I wanted to do much, much more than I was doing. And I had the resources. Um, I mean, to be totally blunt, I just had too much money. I wanted to give it away. I couldn't keep it. I had to give it away, right? I mean, that's what you do. And you have money, and I don't spend money. I live very modestly. I live in an apartment. Um, I don't drive fancy cars. I live very modestly. Um, so I have things to give. Um, and a customer of mine said, uh, it's funny. A customer of mine, she said, when you start giving back um, more than just your time, it's a whole other level of spiritual growth. And I didn't even know how to take that because I didn't have any spiritual growth in my life. Um, but once, she was right, by the way, um, once, you, once I started doing that, uh, my life became, my eyes opened up and my life just beyond my wildest dreams. You know, I don't know what my wildest dreams were. It was Fancy cars, boats, mansions, that was wildest dreams. I have surpassed any level that I ever thought was great. Like greatness in my eyes, there's no uh, there's no ceiling right now for me. Like I, I, I could give every dollar, every ounce of my time, I could give it to someone and I would just feel so good about it. It's weird. I, I don't understand where this comes from. It's not me. But if you've never... I don't know. This person said it to me. She that she works with a lot of nonprofits and she helps motivate people to giving and taking companies to the next level. She does the things that I like to do, but she does it to like other companies. And she may see this because I'll post it. Um, and she's been a big inspiration to me. And uh, when she said that to me, I was just, uh, I within like six months, I started the nonprofit. Within, within six months, I was like, I'm opening up a school. I'm going to teach people. Um, I was at a board meeting and I, and I realized that other people don't think this way because not everybody's happy about what I'm doing here. They're just not right. Not other pool companies, other companies in general, like we said earlier, not everybody's going to be happy that you're helping other people grow their company. Right. Um, I was in a board meeting and I got yelled at for pitching that idea. Like we need to help people grow their company and get better so we can, you know, we're, we're doing this. We need to make sure that everybody around us is doing this. I got yelled at and I'm like, okay, this idea is not going to work if I have to get approval for it. So I opened up my own school. Now I don't need anybody's approval. And what was the process like of starting a nonprofit? Was that something you had to do a lot of research for or <clears throat> did you have people who helped you with it? I fake it before I make it. I just opened the school. I was like, we're doing it. We're teaching. That's what we do here now. I just need a building. And I started, I got a building. And I just told people we did it. And then I was like, I told the accountants because I have a great firm. And I was like, hey, I want to open a nonprofit. And they were like, here's the lawyers. And everything just like click, 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 click. And next thing you know, we're open. We're running. We're a licensed Red Cross facility. And now we have, I mean, the amount of classes we have here is crazy. And they're sold out. Sold out classes. You know, from acupuncture to, to swimming pool industry certifications to yoga classes. You name it. We do music lessons for kids. And most of our stuff is free. You know, from, from, and until we get like some big donations, you know, which they, we don't have, uh, our, our facility pays for all that. My, my staff here, uh, the, from their efforts and their hard work, that money goes to fund all of our nonprofit endeavors. So did you change the give back you were doing as you got a new facility or was it kind of a carry on of what you were doing just in a bigger capacity? It, it was more structured. Uh, I, I, it was a vessel. That's what the nonprofit became for me. Um, there, I was doing things that, um, I could write off, you know, like I'm writing on my whole life's a write off, 
you know, I don't take any money for myself. So everything I do is, you know, if it's buying food for someone or, you know, renting a hotel room so someone has a place to live, um, uh, th those are write-offs, right? I mean, what's a write-off? You know, they write it off. Who writes it off? Those people, you know, the Seinfeld episode. Um, but uh, the the education center is a vessel for that. Now, now I have a now I have a place, and now I can say, "This is my give back." It's not random anymore. It's not random, and we can do it to a much larger group for a lot less cost. Um, uh, so it 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 basically laser focused um, our efforts to help people. I, I feel. Yeah, and we touched on it a little bit at the beginning, but do you want to just give like a a little bit more extended introduction to what the Hasbrook Education and Career Center does? Sure. So it's the Hasbrook Education and Career Center, our tag offering free education to veterans and people on active drug and alcohol recovery. That's our tagline. What we do is uh, we help people find a new path. Uh, we are the bridge between recovery and wellness so people can come out of rehabs veterans can come in fresh out of uh boot wherever they're coming from um and if they need help we have the resources to find whatever they need we are we are bridging the gap that's become our new tag that and we've heard that from other nonprofits that are way older than us when they meet us they are telling us that this is exactly what they needed. You know, they were missing us. So thank you is what we're getting from other nonprofits. You know, um, there's a nonprofit in Narstown that, that provides clothing free. It's like a, it's a great store. You can just walk in. It looks like a clothing store. You wouldn't know it from any other thing, but it's free. You can try on your clothes, lot, all the size. It's great. It's an amazing facility. They have no resources, and now they have us. Now we have, we funnel, we can funnel people. People come in for jobs, we send them right there to get clothes. You know, we are bridging those gaps. Um, the Veterans Service Center in Philadelphia, if a veteran's looking for a career or a job or training, they now refer us. Um, if someone's coming out of a rehab center and they need a home, they need housing, they need, they need a job, they need meetings to go to, um, we are that bridge. How did you guys make all those connections and build your network of nonprofits? One day at a time. Um, phone calls, meetings, um, just get putting ourselves out there, vulnerable, saying we need help. You know, we're a new nonprofit. We want to help people. What can we do for you? And nonprofits stepping up going, oh, my gosh, you know, what can we do for you? Because you're doing more than we are. and we, We've been around for 15 years. You know, um, other nonprofits that are that are giving out like book bags in Norristown. We did a backpack drive. We fully loaded backpacks. That backpack drive that they've been running for years had to come to us to get their backpacks. So people, we we're, we are a vessel for other people's giving too now. So you know, through our uh, our food drives, backpack drives, clothing drives. Um, book drives, like all of these different things. Now we have a place to send those people and those supplies and uh, money. You know, we do 5Ks and, you know, we support other nonprofits. And in turn, they're supporting us. You know, they're sending their resources towards us and vice versa. But it's it's one day at a time, one meeting at a time, uh, one connection at a time. Um, if if you need something, say it. And, I, and I, that's the second time I've said that today. But if you don't tell people what's wrong and what you need, they're not going to know. Just saying you have this nonprofit that does this, that doesn't, that only gets you so far. You have to actually put your hand out and say, I need help. I need, you know, you know, we may look like we have all our stuff together, but we have resources that we don't even know how to give you. We, you know, we don't even know how to offer it to you. Um, so we're connecting with uh, Unity Recovery and the Veterans Service Center and the Red Cross and we're on all their websites. And when someone needs help, we're there for them. 
So do you guys, excuse me, do you guys have plans for the future, like broad goals, anywhere you want the nonprofit to go as it gets? Our, my, my main goal for our nonprofit, if, you know, so if anybody's listening, I need $50 million. And now that I said that, it's going to come. It's coming. Um, I'm going to open up a giant recovery facility um, for veterans, for homeless it's going to be a, live, a long-term living facility with cafeterias and therapy and meeting rooms and support structures and education centers. Um, and, and hopefully we can house 200 to 300 people in a, in a giant facility uh, that is just a very nice place to live. You know? Would it be a transitional house? Where they... it, 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 it could be a transitional house, but I think multi a multi-tier. You know, one could be... A temporary, and then one could be a more permanent on the same uh, property. Um, I've seen a couple facilities like this across the country. I've traveled and looked, and uh, there's some great people doing amazing stuff out there. Um, I mean, uh, we we don't hear about all that stuff, but there are people out there that are that are just selfless, helping people every day in this country. Um, we need more of that in this area. Um, you know, we just don't have enough. I mean, we have a huge homeless population right now uh, in the, the Norristown, King of Prussia, Valley Forge area. Um, there's homeless tent, tent cities set up. Um, we can help all these people. They, they don't. There's help. You know, we just have to focus it. And uh, we need funding, honestly. That, that, that's my biggest thing right now is I need to secure funding. I need someone to step in and go, oh, you have a great thing. We want to help you out. We know that you're going to take this money and do what needs to be done with it. So <clears throat> I guess kind of in conclusion here, what advice would you give to someone who's going to start a pool business or wants to get into the industry? Just come talk to me. If they're hearing this and it's anyone that, that's interested in starting their own business, I'm here to help. I mean, I, I can connect them with, I can connect every dot they need to connect. Like they, they could be operating their own company tomorrow. And that goes for anything. It doesn't have to be pools. If you want to start a company, just give us a call. We can connect every single dot you need, and you're going to have a company tomorrow. And that, that it's, it's that simple. Um, but this is a long road, right? You're going to have to make your own mistakes. Uh, just because I can start your company and get, you know, I can connect all these dots and I can fix everything that might be wrong with your current company, because we can do that. I do that also. Um, uh, there, there's hurdles. There's growth, there's growing pains. There's, there's things that you're going to have to, you're going to have to deal with on your own. Um, you know, everybody thinks they're going to have their own company. They're going to make a lot of money. You know, uh, typically you don't make any money for a little while, right? Like you're going to work really hard. And if, and if, and if you are making money and you're spending money, it's not going to last very long. You know, you need to, you need to grow. You need to, you know, you can't be, you know, if you're a paper boy, you can't be throwing papers out from your bike for 15 years and expect to have a great business. You know, you're going to have to have a car, a truck, a fleet, you know, like things to, in order to grow. And the more, the bigger you get, the bigger it gets. It's exponential. Um, we, a couple of years ago, we got to a point where we had to make some decisions. Are we going to just keep things going the way they're going, they're going, which is great. Or are we going to take that next step, which is a big step, big cliff. It goes from, you know, three employees to six to 10 to 15. Boom, it's like a huge jump because, you know, if you have three employees, you can support some stuff, but four employees might be too much. It's not enough. You have to have five or six. And then when you have six, you know, you, that's a lot. And then next year, you might have to go to 15. Like it, it, it's exponential in order to maintain a level of growth. Um, so those are things that I can talk about. And those are growing pains. That's what we talk about growing pains. That everyone talks about the five year. You know, if you can get past the five-year, well, let me tell you something. There's a 10-year, too. There's a 15-year, too, if you want to continue to grow and be successful. Um, but you can also just hold the status quo and just have a great, simple life and be very, very happy. Um, and some people are happy just working with other people. I mean, I, I think everybody here, I don't think anybody here would want their own business. You know, I think everybody here wants to stay here because there's so much more uh, here than there is having your own company. Um, not everybody's, uh, I'm almost the shell of a man I used to be. <laughs> you know, I've given a lot of myself to do, do all this stuff. Um, 
Uh, I definitely look in the mirror sometimes and don't see the person I think I am. You know, I'm wearing a sports jacket right now. That's not, you wouldn't have caught me dead in a sports jacket three years ago. You know, like, uh, I'm definitely not that same person. So I've had to give up some things. Um, but I love the person I am today. You know, I wouldn't give any, any of it up. Um, uh, it's definitely been, uh, the best part of my adult life. Awesome. Well, Jeremy, thanks so much for coming on the show. Cool. Stories from the Top is your guide to successful business development. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or find Edge of Cinema on YouTube. Stories from the Top is an Edge of Cinema production hosted by Matthew Skura and Jeremy Schmidt. To learn more or get in touch, visit edgeofcinema.com slash podcast.